Welcome to Your Life Choices, and uh, this is me, John Deeks, and it's great to have your company wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast. I've got on the line someone who uh, is, well, I just don't know how this guy does everything he's done. Samuel Johnson's on the other end of this phone. Hello, Samuel. John Deeks, it's a pleasure to be with you, mate. Is there anything you haven't done? <laughs> Look, I certainly try and stay busy. I have one of those minds that will uh, cause trouble if it's not occupied uh, full time. Now, um, you went to uh, Wesley, which is just around the corner from me. It's a school here in Melbourne for those listening out of town. But a lot of creatives have come out of there. I think of Stubbsy and uh, quite a few others. Uh, it's quite a, an arty sort of school, isn't it? My dad booked me in there when I was three years old um, because it was a creative school. And, yeah, he, I mean, he, he sent me there for year 10, 11 and 12. And um, within six months of attending that school, I had an agent, an equity card, an acting career, and I was out earning my dad by the time I hit year 11. Hey, but talk about uh, luck being a fortune. You know, it wasn't sort of like you just suddenly walked out of there, walked up to equity, then walked down to an agent. You did have a bit of a help from a, someone who was rather of high repute in the industry, didn't you? Who just happened to be in the audience. Rhonda Skepsy, um, the late wife of Fred Skepsy. Um, did she have a kid in the show? She had her daughter in the same play, school play that I was in. She was producing a TV commercial for Dishlex Dishwashers. Yeah. She plucked me out of the audience, um, uh, gave me a job, got me a union card, and um, and like that I became an actor. This is why my dad sent me there. He thought that the uh, the, uh, the creative opportunities would be plentiful, and he and he was proven correct. Yeah, look, that's that's correct. But you go, I mean, having gone to multiple amount of school plays and, and, you know, school productions, and you see a couple of kids on stage, you think, oh, man, that kid has got it. it just, that person just leaps out. And you think, I hope that luck is on their side as well. And when there's not a, uh, you know, a Mrs. Skepsy in the audience saying, you, come here, you know, we're going into equity. Um, you just think, oh, boy, I hope that luck will be on their side because luck does pay such a, a big part of it. And the moon and the stars and everything lining up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I was gifted with opportunity um, and, um, and my dad's insight. But um, I do find that... Um, the cream does rise to the top. Now that I'm a, a wily old vet and I've been watching a few of the kids come up, um, there's just no stopping them. They'll they'll get noticed um, regardless. Um, and, old, and I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's it's been a pleasure to watch some of these kids kind of um, come up in the in in showbiz and and watch them do well. Um, they've um, there's a certain element of luck, but there's also a certain seeming element of inevitability about some of these kids coming up. You know, I mean, I just you know, if they don't get noticed in one week or month, then it'll certainly be a different week or month. Um, once you've been in the industry for a while, it's kind of incumbent upon you to kind of um, give a leg up to some of the young ones. At 70, I can look back now and think, and I love, enjoy so much mentoring others coming up because uh, it is really the most generous of industries. People think it is not. And I just love helping others coming through and doing whatever you can. It's, it's really fulfilling, isn't it? Yeah, and it's your responsibility. If you've been gifted with a career in the industry, then you've got to pass that wisdom down. And um, and and nobody tells you that you have to do it. Um, it's an unspoken thing. It occurs naturally. There's very few people that I know in the game that aren't as happy as you are to, to pass on anything to anyone that's trying to learn and grow. 
Samu, you've, uh, I do not know how you have been able to maintain such a, a positive spin on life. And I mean, everyone carries some load on their shoulders. Everybody does. Some is a big load, some's a small load. But mate, how you've been able to come through such adversity, and I'm not going to list the whole thing because it's it's up there on social media if you want to have a look. Yeah, it's, you, it's bloody horrific if you list it, mate. <laughs> positive. Tell me. Well, it's a choice, um, I think. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, um, you know, we're all marked by uncertainty and, and, and tragedy and trauma. I mean, life is suffering in many ways and it's, it's it's really the only thing that you can choose is the way you respond to it so you know we can't we can't avoid these curveballs that hit you in the temple on some idle tuesday we can't avoid them we know that um you know loved ones are going to get cancer and loved ones are going to battle with mental health and sometimes they won't make it you know bad things are going to happen and it's easy to feel powerless because we can't we can't really do much about that but we can measure our response to such happenings and you can make a choice to either be a victim of the uh, uh, you know of the negative things that have happened in your life and that's understandable it's very overwhelming or you can make a conscious decision to try and extract the best out of it and try and alchemize that um, horridness into something positive and look you know I made a decision um, two days after my partner opted out to not blame myself. Just for those who are listening, when you say opted out, please expand on that because I might think that she just, you know. Yeah, my my partner um, struggled a bit and ended up ended up ending it. I was the last to see her. The whole thing was incredibly tragic, and I, I remember making a conscious decision not to blame myself, um, even though I played a played a significant role in the whole um, sordid affair. And I made a decision not to victimise myself, and and. I don't know. It's just a, it's a philosophy that I've kind of tried to adopt and 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 live by. And you know, I think we fall into certain traps like, oh, you know, I lost that person too young. You know, that's based around an expectation that you get someone forever. I think it's important just to kind of understand the fleeting nature of life and try and go with it in so far as you can. Anyway, you know, I mean, it's um, you know, I'm not saying I don't cry or that uh, I don't feel sadness, but um, but I'm I'm too busy trying to alchemize it all and having fun along the way to to uh, to ultimately fall prey to the um to the misfortune in my life. A big turning point for you, my friend, was uh, the death of your sister. Ah, oh, it's a huge turning point. And and what everything you've just said is a good chance then to turn something that was so so negative into something so so positive. Well, my, my, my sister was, um, had a cancer that nearly killed her when she was 11. She had another one when she was 22 in her womb, and then she had another cancer in her, in her breasts and everywhere else um, when she was 33. Her life was nothing but a series of cancer disasters. I can't remember my sister's life uh, without cancer in it. I can't. I mean, she, she just had the most extraordinary run of bad luck, and, um, and all she wanted to do uh, was see her kids through. Our mum didn't see us through. She opted out when we were three and four, respectively. So all my sister wanted to, to do was see the kids through, and she did. She was curtailed by cancer um, ultimately in the end when the kids were eight and nine. And 
we decided together to, to 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 try and spin that one into something positive. And 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 since she got sick, we've visited eleven hundred towns in about eight years, and we've raised thirteen point one million dollars for cancer research. And and the last seven years of her life were filled with joy and purpose and meaning as we as we strove to kind of raise ten million dollars at that time for cancer research. And it's been an incredibly positive experience overall. It was for her. It was for me. And um and that's that's my life's probably clearest example of turning something that's pretty shitty into into something that's truly wonderful. How on earth did you and where did you learn to ride a unicycle? And just explain to those folks who don't recall it, because I certainly do, uh, when you rode Sydney um, to Melbourne. Where did you learn to ride that thing? Well, I rode Sydney to Melbourne in 03 and raised half a million for, can- for Canteen. And then in when my sister got breast cancer, I, I spent 364 days uh, riding all around Australia. I rode 16,000 kilometres on one wheel and achieved the world record for longest distance travelled on a unicycle. But I actually learnt how to ride a unicycle. You won't believe this, John. In the southern island of Japan, uh, Kyushu, when I was 11 years old, I was flown over to Fukuoka in um, in the southern island of Kyushu in Japan to participate in the Asian Pacific Children's Peace Convention. They had 40 kids from each Southeast Asian nation in Japan uh, across a few days. There were 10,000 kids, and, and, and we held hands and sung songs and released balloons and doves, and, and I learned how to unicycle while I was a, 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 while I was a, a, a youth ambassador um, at the Asian Pacific Children's Peace Convention in 1989. Okay. okay. <laughs> you win. <laughs> well, in Japan, in 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 Japan, in Japan, they teach every kid how to unicycle as as part of their uh, physical education um, schooling. Well, it must be great because it would teach them so many uh, different uh, things as far as health and and balance. And wow, that that's just amazing. Yeah, guys and guys and girls alike, they all they all do it as part of their sports courses at school. So and it's in, and they do it for balance. And um, to the um, and it seems so odd to me when I was over there and so, and so exotic and wonderful. I had to learn how. And and um, and and when and when my sister got sick, there was no other there was no other way to try and raise the money. I mean, we had to come up with something unique, and I already had the skill. I don't want to sort of sound a, a bit too dramatic or whatever but when you were when you won dancing with the stars a couple of years ago on channel 10 uh do you did you really feel like your sister might have been pushing you through on that because it's a t- i've done dancing a couple of times not not participating but working on the production and it's a tough gig for anybody who comes into it well um the fact that i'd spent a year on a unicycle really trained me <laughs> up for that um, I thought nothing would be harder, um, but but I'll, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest, John. Um, that 102 days that I spent on that show was much harder than 360 days on one wheel. Um, it's it, it, it and I, I used every ounce of me, um, and I committed fully to it every day. I, I, I had a 
I was Olympic in my aspirations in terms of the way I, I lived, rested, um, ate uh, and trained. Um, I treated it so seriously and it was one of the most extraordinary experiences of my life. I still can't believe that I had one of the most extraordinary experiences of my life on reality TV, but it was the best thing I ever chose to do. It, it, it taught me more about myself and my limits and taught me more about going out there for reasons beyond yourself and 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 yes, I did a dance with my sister, and I, she felt very close that night. And and the fact that a guy with two left feet, um, you know, managed to go all the way, I felt propelled by things bigger than me, and um, and you know, including my sister. Um, it, the whole thing was extraordinary, and it's an experience that I I still cherish to this day. I can't believe how, how what a positive experience it was. Where did you get this tenacity from? Was it a grandfather? Was it your grandmother? Was it your your late mum or dad? Uh, where? Uh, in inbuilt levels of energy that are that are not reasonable, <laughs> and um, and also a um, I suppose an overriding philosophy from my dad that if you're going to fight, you fight for others, and if you're going to fight, you don't give up. Um, so really, really, it's it's. I've just, I just, my dad fostered a never say die, um, you know, at all costs kind of approach. And, and he, he just, he just believed that we don't, we're not here for long. And if you're going to do something, well, bloody well commit. Um, and, and really I'm not that skilled a person, but my level of commitment has, has managed to see me through, um, you know, various experiences and, and, and like, you know, I can't dance, but I want, but you know, I want a dancing show. I can't really unicycle, ask any, ask any proper unicyclist about my technique and they'll laugh at me, but I'm still was very determined and managed to ride one further than anyone else. So I suppose, and, and with showbiz, well, I mean, a lot of that was just hanging around and lasting the distance as well because you've got to be bloody tenacious and and, and stubborn, um, uh, you know, for a long time to be able to um, forge yourself a career in showbiz. So I suppose it's the it's my determination that has marked my success, not particularly, I, I would say, rather than any kind of special abilities or talents. I have spent a lot of time in this interview with Samuel Johnson, uh, folks, talking to him about everything but what I was actually dialing him up for today to talk about. Oh, refreshing. So, Thank you, John. <laughs> uh, we better make sure the publicists are happy and uh, also we flog this book because <laughs> it's a wonderful cause. And apart from all your acting, apart from all everything else you've done, you've also uh, put out some uh, big-selling books, including Dear Santa, Dear Dad, he says, writing it off the sheet, Heroes to Next Door, and you've come up with a new one, called Dear Mum, and it's the contributors include people such as Paddy, the lovely, lovely guy, Pierce, Amanda, gorgeous Amanda. In fact, Rebecca, all these people are absolutely wonderful people, and uh, Shannon and uh, oh, so many others. Tell me about the, the concept for Dear Mum and what it uh, contains for those who don't know. Okay, so Dear Mum is a collection um, a, you know, a, a lovingly assembled collection um, of letters to mums from Australia's most notable notables. It's a gorgeous little book. 
Um, it's um, it's out in time for Mother's Day. I've got you covered, and proceeds go to cancer research. I have an amazing array of Australians that have contributed to the to the letter from showbiz, from stand up comedy, from politics, community leaders, Australians of the Year. Um, this is this is um, this is a celebration of mums. I mean, um, and I'm incredibly proud of it. And proceeds go to cancer research. So it's a, it's kind of a win win as far as I'm concerned. It's the ace up my sleeve. It really is, and um, and and I'm very proud of it. It's a great little celebration of mums and a great way to kind of uh, vanquish cancer at the same time. Were you in the bath? Were you walking around uh, your beautiful uh, area that you live in, country Victoria? Where were you when you, when you came up with the concept? Oh, this concept was brought to me by our village. We we number our love your sister community numbers about eight hundred thousand, and we're eighty five percent women and mums. So um, yeah, they were loud and clear about needing this one. A lot of my ideas don't come from me. Um, I you know. <laughs> My Dear Santa, I, uh, the, the Dear Santa book that we did to great success um, was, you know, came from uh, my tech guy who's responsible for, you know, all things computers. Um, and many of our ideas have come from within the village that we support. So um, it's kind of, I'm at the point now where I'm kind of out of ideas and I'm just plucking rich fruit from trees that uh, other people are um, nourishing. It's it's kind of, it's kind of weird because, I, I, you know, I conceived of most of my campaigning ideas initially um, but I've been in the game 10 years now and um, and I find that other people are much smarter um, than I am when it comes to kind of good ideas on how to raise money for cancer research so I find if I put my listening ears John, on John then um, then these these campaigns just kind of make themselves Sam if all of us listened more and talked less it would be a much better world the concept of or the, the front cover of dear mum has got a very interesting sketch. Um, drawing. What what is it? It described for those who who can't see it, obviously, and uh, it's quite unique. Yeah, we have Academy Award-winning illustrator Sean Tan, author of the iconic The Lost Thing, um, providing sketches and critters for us uh, throughout this book. Um, the critter that we use on the Dear Mum book is actually Sean Tan's self-portrait. He doesn't talk about it much. It's not known as him as being him, um, but that's a little insight into any Sean Tan fans out there. Um, we're using his one-eyed creature. But I find this creature is quite genderless, and in this, in this, this one he's he's drawn for us for dear mum. He's clearly a mum uh, walking walking along, holding a stick and a kid on her back, and she's looking a little um, she's looking a little beleaguered because <laughs> motherhood can tire can tire anyone out. Uh, so I like the fact that we're not going to kind of fairy floss on this one. Uh, I tell you, it's uh, you were very young when you lost your mum and when your mum passed on, and. Uh, it was a very sad and tragic way that she she took her life, and we know all that, and that's that's history. How how has it affected you, kind of not having a mum in your world later on? Dare I say today? Um, well, I'm only starting to realise how it's affected me. I never thought it really did because I was just happy with what I got, and you know I didn't really know her to miss her. Um, so I assumed my whole life that everything was pretty fine, uh, and. <laughs> in the process of um, of curating this book, I've I've managed to realise in real terms just how much mums provide and how much I I, I may have missed out on. Um, and and so I would say that as a forty three year old, I'm I'm only just starting to come to terms with it, and it's courtesy of this book.
you know, my dad was a wizard. He was he was effeminate and authoritative. You know, I had a two in one kind of deal. He was he was amazing. Um, but um, but now that I've read all of these letters, I'm I'm realising just uh, just how amazing uh, my mum uh, might have been, and just how amazing mums are. Um, and no, I do feel I have the right to curate this this book because I do represent so many women and mums out there. Um, but but <laughs> you know, but there's a big hole there, and 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 yeah, I'm only just starting to realise how big. Um, you have, of course, a sensational resume of uh, of movies and, and plays, etc. You've been into. Is it hard to get you to do something? Acting wise. Yeah. 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 I spent two decades in 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 pretendies and and make believe, and you know, two things can happen to to people in showbiz. They can they can end up dead, or or they can end up as shadows of themselves. Um, as almost caricatures of themselves. Yep. And as a guy with existing mental health issues, it wasn't the healthiest environment for me. I was surrounded by great people and and, and I miss them incredibly. Um, but once I kind of decided to kind of live a, live a life of nonfiction, my life got measurably richer. Um, and and so I really can't let go of this cancer stuff because it connects me to my community in a real way. And, um, and, 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 and that's, that's provided me far more nourishment. Um, and so I feel very shy about going back to fight with the dragon because he might, you know, he might slay me. And, um, and, and it's, it's a dangerous game, the, the, the game of make-believe. I think acting's a bit of a dark art. It certainly scares me a bit. So I'm um, I'm very I'm I'm very I'm very worried about acting, and um, and I would much rather do Dancing with the Stars and and learn so much more that way. Weirdly, you know, I started off as a, a, a an acting snob, and I, I I never thought I'd do reality TV, but now for me, it's just completely flipped the other way around. I mean, I'm happy I'm happy doing TV stuff, but act, but acting scares me to bits. And staying close to your community that you grew up in, uh, in that beautiful part of Victoria that you are in, which is uh, not far out of Melbourne, but is just a sensational part of the uh, the country of Victoria, uh, I guess also helps to keep you grounded. A bit like Eric Banner saying, no, I'm still going to live in Melbourne because that's where all my mates are and that keeps me grounded and I'll do the Hollywood and all that crap and, uh, and I come back and my kids are going to grow up here. Yeah, I make bad decisions in the city, so it's good for me to be in a regional <laughs> setting. Um, it's very good for me to be in a regional setting. Of you know, I'm playing tennis at the, at the same tennis club that my dad uh, played at. Um, you know, I've just signed up um, to the CFA, and I'm I'm scared of fire, but I'm looking forward to learning and trying to help. Um, and I'm just I, I I just try and stay rooted in in my community so that they can keep my compass. Uh, pointing north, and um, yes. and and really, really, I've relied on my community and my family to um, to help me become a more aware person. And 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 now that I've received that help, I can't turn my back on it. And I need I need to thank them for that help by serving my community until I can't. Please go and buy a copy of Dear Mum, brand new, uh, a collection of wonderful, wonderful letters to to mums from uh, the cream of Australian show business, dare I say, and some sensational folk who all have genuine hearts and uh, 
It's edited by Samuel, of course, as you've been hearing, and it's called Dear Mum, go and get a copy, go and buy a couple of copies because the the money's going to this wonderful charity that Samuel's uh, set up uh, so many years ago now and has raised so much money. How much so far? 13.1 million. Samuel, you're a champ, mate. Thank you so much and uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy your life up in the bush and everything else that uh, life has to offer. Oh, you've been too kind, John. I'm, I'm, thank you. Thank you very much. 